Thanks, sweetie, and thank you for tuning in to episode 132 of Spinning My Dad's Vinyl. It's a 78 RPM Sunday. Here's an interesting combination from my dad's shellac discs from RCA Victor Records. He had several albums made for children and several that seemed like they were made by children. Four Sides, you'll hear, is a familiar story of encouragement, determination, and pride. The other four sides are pure musical comedy by the master of the art. So, get ready to put these eight sides together in one show with volume 132, a 78 RPM railroad spike. Hello? You don't say. <laughs> you don't say. You don't say. <laughs> Who was it? He didn't say. No reply. Nightshade's falling. Hear him sigh. Hello. <laughs> You bet! Empty faces and meaty eyes. Empty arms outstretched. He's a crying through a black of night. I gotta go where you are. Whether it's here or whether it's there, I wanna be there wherever you are. If it's wrong, alright. I got to go where you Hello, are. Hello, What are you knowing? I just got back from a vaudeville showing. I roam through the dismal swampland, searching for you. Cause if you are lost there, let me be there. Two, three, four, four. Hands through that smoke and flame, I've got to go where you are. After night and shower snow, when I hear the call, I gotta go! For no place can be too far where you are. Eight and no chains can bind you. And if you live, I'll find you. Love is calling me. I got to go where you are. 
and if you feel, ha I'm gonna find you, my pretty Vera. Love is calling me. Hello? You don't say. You don't say. <laughs> Who was it? Same guy. I've got to go where you are. Spinning my dad's vinyl. sun pulls away from the shore and our boat sinks slowly in the west, we approach the island of Lulu. <coughs> Spelled backwards, <coughs> ul, ul. Ah, in the distance we hear Spike Jones and his wacky wackakians. <laughs> Spike Jones and his City Slickers with Hawaiian War Chant, with lyrics by Ralph Freed and originally written by Johnny Noble and Prince Lileo Hoku. It was released in June of 1946. And before that, we heard Chloe, written by Gus Kahn and Neil Moray, released in March of 1945. Okay, why did I combine these four sides for this episode? First, I played the Little Engine That Could records many times when I was growing up. 
And I heard a Spike Jones tune every Saturday morning on TV because Superhost used Spike's version of You Always Hurt the One You Love for his show theme. Um, for you non-Cleveland people, Superhost emceed a show that played the Three Stooges and other shorts and cartoons. Then he did skits in between. But I digress down memory lane. I discovered more of Spike's music when I was in broadcasting school because we like to use it for production. And I still own one of his compilation albums, The Hilarious Spike Jones. Lindley Armstrong Spike Jones lived from December 14, 1911 to May 1, 1965. He was an American musician and band leader specializing in spoof arrangements of popular songs and classical music. Jones was given the nickname Spike for being so thin that he was compared to a railroad spike. Jones and his band recorded under the title Spike Jones and His City Slickers from the early 1940s to the mid-1950s and toured the United States and Canada as the Musical Depreciation Review. <laughs> Even Radar O'Reilly on an episode of M.A.S.H. tried to use the lore of a Spike Jones record in one of the many trades he tried to pull off. When telling Sparky over the phone what he had to trade, he said, quote, I haven't even got a Spike Jones record with all the burps and gluck glucks, unquote. And if you ever get a chance to grab a collection with Spike Jones, I would highly recommend it for the extra entertainment it provides. Or just look them up on YouTube. There are plenty, plenty of examples there. Now, on to the first two sides of an enduring, lifelong lessons story. <laughs> everybody, this is Paul Wing <laughs> and Little Nipper, ready to tell you the story of the little engine that could. Now, you ready? All aboard for the little engine that could. Once there was a little freight train called the Toyland Special. It wasn't the longest train there ever was. But I guess it was about the happiest train there ever was, because all its cars were full of nice things for boys and girls. There were cars full of toy animals, toy giraffes with long necks, teddy bears with short necks, baby giant pandas with almost no necks at all, toy cows that mooed when you turned them upside down, toy lions that roared when you squeezed their stomachs, and there was a toy baby elephant. At the end of his trunk, he held a toy elephant bell that tinkled. Then there were mama dolls with blue eyes and curly yellow hair, and mama dolls with brown eyes and curly brown hair. And there was a toy clown with a flag who kept running over the top of the little freight train from one car to another, waving his flag and keeping all the other toys and dolls happy and laughing. <laughs> and there were cars full of toy aeroplanes with toy aviators sitting in them. Oh, and every other kind of thing that boys and girls could possibly wish for. Now the Toyland Special was carrying all those nice things from the town of Hither, where they were all made to the town of Yon, where all the boys and girls lived who could possibly wish for them. Between Hither and Yon, there was a very high mountain. It was about that high. And, of course, the Toyland Special had to go right over the top of the mountain. 
Well, one day the Happy Toyland special started out on its journey. First, very slowly. Then faster and faster. Until at last it was going full speed. Its happy wheels said lickety-split, 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 lickety-split. And the happy toy clown waved his flag and kept all the other toys and dolls laughing and laughing and laughing. <laughs> yes, the Toyland special was about the happiest train there ever was. Now the Toyland special was getting closer and closer to the high mountain between Hither, where the toys were all made, and Jan, where the boys and girls all lived. But all of a sudden, when the train was only a short distance from the mountain, something went wrong. Instead of chugging along happily, the little train began to slow down. Slower and slower it went, until at last it just stopped stock still. The engine of the Toyland special had broken down. Well, the dolls and toys stopped laughing and the clown stopped waving his flag and running backward and forward over the tops of the cars because it certainly looked as though they would never get to Jan to give the boys and girls their toys and dolls. And they were all very discouraged. All except... the clown. <laughs> Suddenly the toy clown had an idea. He said, there is more than one way of getting over the mountain from hither to Jan. Aviators? Start up the motors of your airplanes. They will pick up the train and fly it across the mountain. One by one, the toy aviators started the motors of their toy aeroplanes. And then when they had got them all running, they made them go faster and faster. And slowly but surely, the little train began to move. And from the whole train, up went a cheer. But the Toyland special didn't fly up into the air at all. The cheer that had gone up went down. And the moment the train began to go up the mountain, it began to slow down. And the upper it went, the downer it slowed, until at last it just stopped stock still. And they were all very discouraged. All except... The clown. The clown saw that they had come to a switch where another track ran into the track the Toyland special was on. And coming toward them, on the other track was a shiny new engine. The clown said, aha, there are more than two ways of getting over the mountain from hither to yon. What we need is an engine to pull us over. Maybe this is the engine that could. The clown waved his flag. And the shiny new engine stopped. The clown bowed politely and said, How do you do? As you can see, our Toyland special has broken down. We're looking for an engine to switch over onto our track and pull us over the mountain to yon. Are you the engine that could? It's the Frank Milano Orchestra with discs one and two of The Little Engine That Could with music by Norman Layden, conducted by Henri René, and narrated by Paul Wing. 
They are on the RCA Victor label, number Y384, part of the Little Nipper series. It's on a two-shellac, 10-inch, 78 RPM album format. They were released in 1949. Genre is stage and screen. Now, these two records are supposed to be in an album cover, but they were just part of the stacks we found of my dad's shellac records. You saw what the album was supposed to look like if you were watching the video version of this show. The Little Engine That Could is an American folktale existing in the form of several illustrated children's books and films that became widely known in the United States after publication in 1930 by Platt and Monk. The story is used to teach children the value of optimism and hard work. Based on a 2007 online poll, the National Education Association listed the book as one of its Teacher's Top 100 Books for Children. My dad's 78 RPM shellac records are in terrible shape, all four of them. Uh, In fact, I'll confess, after digitizing them, I just couldn't clean them up enough to make them sound good. So I found cleaner versions online to use for this episode. I I really wanted to play them. So let's finish the inspiring train story. Well, the shiny new engine didn't answer. So the clown said loudly, I'm sure you're the engine that could. The shiny new engine looked down over his cowcatcher with his headlight eye. There was a nasty sneer on the front of his big round boiler. And he said, I could, if I would, but I won't. He drew himself up to the full height of his smokestack and said, listen, I am a passenger engine and I have just pulled a fine passenger train over the mountain with more cars than you have ever dreamed of. Sleeping cars, a dining car, and parlor cars. I pull the likes of you? I guess not. And with that, he began to huff and puff, and he started up and steamed off to the roundhouse where engines live when they're not out pulling trains. And the dolls and toys were all very discouraged. All except... The clown. The clown said, listen to me. There are more than three ways of getting over the mountain from hither to yon. And he said, every able-bodied toy will now get out and push. But the toy land special said, oh dear, I don't believe that will work. I don't believe it won't work, said the clown, because we haven't tried it yet. Come on, he said. So the toys and dolls all tumbled out of the little cars and began to push. And the toy elephant put his head against the very last car, and he pushed, too. They pushed, and pushed, and pushed, and pushed. And slowly, the Toyland special began to move. But it moved so slowly that at last they all stopped pushing. They could see it was no use. And they were all terribly discouraged. All except... The clown. The clown said, there are more than four ways of getting over the mountain from hither to yon. And coming toward them was a big, strong engine. And the clown said, we are looking for an engine to pull us over the mountain, and I'm sure you're the engine that could. But the big, strong engine said, I could. 
if I would, but I won't. I have just pulled a big, strong train over the mountain with more big, strong cars than you have ever dreamed of. And a caboose, he added. I am a very important big, strong engine indeed. I will not pull the likes of you. And waving a front wheel disdainfully at the Toyland Special, he puffed off angrily to the roundhouse. Everybody was terribly discouraged. Everybody except... The clown. The clown said, listen to me. There are more than five ways of getting over the mountain from hither to yon. Because I think I hear another engine coming right now. Perhaps this is the engine that could. It was a rusty old engine, wheezing and coughing as he came down the track and stopped. Please, sir, pleaded the clown. Will you pull our little train over the mountain? But the rusty old engine shook his cowcatcher sadly and said, I would, if I could, but I can't. I feel terrible. I must rest my rheumatic wheels. I cannot pull even so little a train as yours. And then he chugged off to the roundhouse saying, I cannot, I cannot, I cannot, I cannot, I cannot, I cannot. Well, the dolls and toys were all frightfully discouraged, but not the little clown. Don't be sad, shouted the clown. There are more than six ways of getting over the mountain from hither to yon. And just at that very moment, they heard a whistle. And a little, oh, a very little bright blue engine chugged merrily up to them and stopped. Perhaps this was the engine that could. So the clown explained their trouble. My, said the little bright blue engine, I'm not very big. I've never pulled a train over the mountain. But I will, if I can... And I'll try. The little bright blue engine backed into the Toyland Special and coupled onto it. And the clown said anxiously, It takes a strong engine to pull us over the mountain. Are you sure you're the kind of engine that could? As the little bright blue engine started to pull, he said, I think I can, I think I can, I think I can, I think I can, I think I can. Well, the little bright blue engine pulled the Toyland Special up the mountain, closer and closer to the top. Soon they were almost at the very top. Just a few more chugs and they'd be over the mountain. The clown was worried. He said, do you think you can make it? And the little bright blue engine said, I think I can, I think I can, I think I can, I think I can, I think I can. I thought I could, I thought I could, I thought I could, I thought I could, I thought I could. And he said it all the way down the mountain until they reached the town of Yon. And so the Toyland Special got over the mountain from hither to Yon, and all the boys and girls in the town of Yon got their toys and dolls after all. And that is the story of the little engine that could. <laughs> Thank you.
Thank you, Nipper. The little engine that could, discs three and four. Time now for this episode's interesting side note. And it has to do with how Spike Jones started murdering the classics. At the age of 11, he got his first set of drums. As a teenager, he played in bands that he formed himself. Jones's first band was called Spike Jones and His Five Tacks. A railroad restaurant chef taught him how to use pots and pans, forks, knives, and spoons as musical instruments. Jones became bored playing the same music each night with the orchestras. He found other like-minded musicians, and they began playing parodies of standard songs for their own entertainment. The musicians wanted their wives to share their enjoyment, so they recorded their weekly performances. One of the recordings made its way into the hands of an RCA Victor executive who offered the musicians a recording contract. One of the City Slickers' early recordings for the label was Adele Porter's arrangement of The Fear's Face. (laughs) The record's success inspired Jones to become the band's leader. He initially thought the popularity the record brought them would fade. However, audiences kept asking for more, so Jones started working on more comic arrangements. He went on to release several dozen songs. Jones's son, Spike Jones Jr., called attention to the precision of his father's most outlandish, outlandish musical arrangements. Quote, One of the things that people don't realize about Dad's kind of music is when you replace a C-sharp with a gunshot, it has to be a C-sharp gunshot or it sounds awful, unquote. And that's what truly made the musicians in his band so talented because they could sound bad on cue. And just like the Little Engine That Could records didn't have an album cover, neither did the Spike Jones records. The album cover you are seeing on the video version of this episode is generic. Customers would buy the album and any Spike Jones records available at the time to put in the album. But no matter how deep I dug into his discography, I couldn't find the exact matches to the records my dad had. He released, Spike Jones released Chloe in the last song you'll be hearing on this episode several times with something else on the other side each time. That was just the nature of the recording business in the middle of last century. Well, I hope you enjoyed this episode as much as I enjoyed bringing it to you. Actually playing the little engine that could brought back great memories of home life. And I keep finding new gems whenever I put Spike Jones into the YouTube search bar. I'm not really sure how much my dad played any of these 78 RPM records after the mid-1970s, but these four were sure worn out. So, let's finish with some animals. Like gold as they stroll down the lane, each star in the sky heard him sigh this refrain. This is our our for love, our our to dream. Said the curly pinkies to his curly pinkies, let's be gay, please say whoop whoop. This is our our. Together, 
here, there, here, there, everywhere. Old MacDonald had a farm, E-I-E-I-O. Now old MacDonald had a farm, E-I-E-I-O. And on this farm he had a parrot, E-I-E-I-O. With a here, there, here, there, everywhere. 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 Old MacDonald had a farm, E-I-E-I-O. Now old MacDonald had a farm, E-I-E-I-O. And on his farm he had a car, E-I-E-I-O. With a here, there, here, there, everywhere. 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 Mike Jones and his city slickers with Old MacDonald, a traditional song, meaning nobody knows who wrote it. It was released April of 1946, and we started out that set with Our Hour, the Puppy Love Song, a cover of a song originally by The Modern Airs. It was written by Al Hoffman, Jerry Livingston, and Mac David, and was recorded July 15, 1947. And there you have eight more sides for my dad's stack of shellac. So thanks for tuning in to volume 132, a 78 RPM railroad spike, however you did. If you want more information about this show, head over to spinningmydadsvinyl.com. I'll be back next week with all my skips, scratches, and pops for volume 133, The Village Fountain. Until then... Go with the flow, my friends.